0: Admit all.
1: Hello. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Welcome to Zenful Conversations. Can everybody hear me? Yes. Okay. Super duper. Welcome to Zenful Conversations. For information on future guest speakers and our many Zoom offerings, please visit ZenfulConversations.com. My name is Zenjen Brown. I'm your host, and we're here today with guest speaker, Case Kenny. Case, thank you so very much for being with us today.
2: Of course. Thanks for having me. This is exciting.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Let's give a little bit of information about Case. Case Kenny is an entrepreneur, a mindfulness expert, host, and founder of the top 25 Apple podcast, New Mindset, Who Dis?, I love it. Beloved by some of the today's biggest celebrities and featured on Good Morning America. You might recognize him from his viral coffee cup and his post-it quotes on Instagram, which have been shared by millions, and featured by Complex, Women's Health, Cosmopolitan, and many more. Created in 2018, Kenny's podcast, New Mindset Who Dis?, Love it. Features his short, no BS take on all things mindfulness in a relatable way, empowering people to be happier and live more fulfilling lives by changing their mindset in all areas of life. Spanning from self-worth, empowerment to dating, relationships, career advice, and more. The podcast has received over 5,000 five-star reviews, many accolades, and has held a position as a top 25 podcast on both the Apple podcast and Spotify charts for the past three years, which is amazing. Uh, Kenny is also the creator of the best-selling mindfulness journals, the new mindset journal, Unbothered and Single is Your Superpower, and digital journals include Closure and Clarity. He's also the author of this book, but first, inner peace. And we've been reading from this book. I must say, I absolutely love it. And he is here today to answer your questions. He's here to answer your questions. So Case, thank you again for being here today with us.
2: Thank you, that's so kind of you,
1: of course. No, really appreciate it. Uh, we've been reading from your book every day and we absolutely love it. Information on how to contact Case directly will be shared at the end of this conversation as well as in the follow-up email, which will be sent to all the registrants tomorrow. Um, Case, could you tell us a little bit about, about yourself or like what brought you to this time in space?
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, so in this current time in space, I'm 34, I live in Chicago. Um, I mean, I, I've i always been a very uh, self-aware individual, I would say, but um, when I was 20. Nine, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. I just kind of was at a you know point in life where I just kind of asked myself is this it at the time I had just gone through a breakup I was also kind of exhausted by my job at the time and I was just like is this it am I doing the right things am I doing what I want to do am I borrowing other people's truths and timelines and all these things and I was basically like I don't know I don't know and that kind of frustrated me that I didn't have a good answer so I, I started the podcast kind of in response to that as a challenge to myself. Um, I had been writing online for a while, but I was like, I want to find a more vulnerable means to, to challenge myself to answer questions. And I was like, I'll do it on a podcast. So I started doing on the podcast, New Mindset Who Dis, started giving my perspective, not the right perspective, not expert perspective, just my perspective. And um it started to do really well. And then through that process, I realized what I was doing, which was practicing mindfulness, practicing the art of developing a self aware mentality towards myself, the world around me, all these things. And that was four and a half years ago. And basically just kept pulling on that thread uh, of interest uh, and passion. And, um, you know, mindfulness is a muscle. I got better at it, I got better at asking a question and answering it. And then, uh, yeah, fast forward four wow. and a half years, wrote a couple books quit my job, obviously. And uh, yeah, just still still pursuing what interests me and what helps me and what helps other people.
1: That's fantastic. I Kudos to you too. And and really, we have been reading this book, but first inner peace. And um, I think it's fantastic. I th- I really think it's fantastic. I really think it's fantastic. Um, actually, there's a couple things that jumped out at me before it gets into the the book is set up like it's a sixty day um challenge I suppose is what you would call it right is a is it a challenge or what do you what do you actually call the yeah I think I would
2: I think I called it an experience experience <laughs> uh, right is it experience
3: it's um, it's yeah.
1: fantastic though it's 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 laid out very well it has like a, a day uh it, you know it has day one and then it has like just really short, like, you know, two, three, four pages of, of, um, easy reading. And then it has like a journal page to, to check in with yourself. And, um, I I do, I really like it a lot, but before it even got to the pages at the very beginning, it has, do you believe that a life-changing perspective exists? And I, I really love that. And I'm just wondering if you could expand on what you mean by that.
2: Yeah, I mean, to my point where I was kind of joking that I'm an optimist that like, I I think, <laughs> you know, I'm, I approach mindfulness in a very practical way, right? Like, I, I love to encourage people to think optimistically, I love to encourage people to to expect great things in life. But I'm also realistic, like life comes at you fast, we've got to be pragmatic, we have responsibilities, we have all these things. So I'm never one to be, you know, butterflies and rainbows all the time. Life is life. And I'm sure we can all relate to that fact. But I do think there's something to be said about believing in change, believing that there's a moreness to life. If we're always convincing ourselves and always repeating a narrative that our best days are behind us, that this is it, this is as good as it gets. It's like, are we surprised when that becomes true? Well, no, not really, because you're just repeating that narrative. And, you know, you could, you could, you know, refer to things like law of attraction and, you know, uh, manifestation, if you want, I just, I just don't, I just, I've always seen a disconnect between hoping for something, but telling yourself something else. If you're hoping for an outcome in life, if you're hoping for change, if you're hoping for positivity, but you're constantly telling yourself that it doesn't exist, well, it's, I struggle to believe how you're going to go out and find it. So I just wanted to open the book with encouraging people to suspend disbelief that there isn't more there aren't better days ahead of them like let's just try for 60 days to say there is more for me to discover there is uh, goodness in the world that is is available to me um there are these things i'm going to believe it and then we'll we'll go from there so it's a it's a recommendation. Um, and I think it's a pretty integral part of manifest state, manifesting and law of attraction, if you believe in those kinds of things. But yeah, I just think it's a powerful contrast to how sometimes we operate, especially as we get older, We're really, like, oh, forget it, you know.
1: Yeah, I just don't even know if I've heard the the sentence laid out like that before. If, do you believe that a life changing perspective exists? um and you know i really love that because i do i just don't think i've ever put it down into a sentence like that and i think it's it's really really a fantastic way you started the book um also before you before you get to the days um it it there's a section that says what is inner peace and then you have updating our definition of peace being proud of yourself and then how inner peace being the foundation of manifestation.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, inner peace is one of those words, of course, that's thrown around a lot. And I would, I wouldn't say there's a right definition or a wrong definition. I think everyone has, you know, merit behind how they define it. I, I just think it's a very, very integral part of taking action. I find a lot of confidence in myself when I define inner peace as forgiving myself, being proud of myself, these things that can then encourage me to take a next step, a first step, a second step, a 10th step, proud of myself for trying. So I just find it as like an energizing foundation for anything that will come. Discovering that life-changing perspective, for instance. So, you know, I rattled off a bunch of things that I think it is. And uh, some might gravitate, some might not. But I think it's powerful to define what that looks like for you. Because I think everyone's version of peace and calm and inner peace and power and empowerment probably looks different. Um, for me, it's some of those things, but basically just an, an encouragement for people to define what it means for them and then be rooted in it so that the subsequent chapters and exercises and challenges come from a place that is powerful, such that if you stumble or fall, you won't go back on yourself. You'll refer to that, that definition and you'll you know, find hope in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love, I love, I love the work that you're offering. Uh. I really do. I think it's, it's wonderful. Does anybody have any questions right off the bat? Or you want me to just keep pulling on mine real quick? Anybody? Okay. Um, so I'm gonna get to the days and I'm not gonna go through all the days, obviously. <laughs> we don't have time for that, although I gotta say every one of them. I would love to hear hear more about it. But um day six. Say goodbye to limiting beliefs. Um, we have been reading your book in in um, our group. We have a we have a Facebook group with relatively six hundred or so women, and we read daily. And we have been reading your book, um, and um, but there's a lot of people that that watch this, listen to this, and don't are not involved in that um, group. So. I think that that one is is really huge. Say good limiting beliefs. Um, so day six, say goodbye to limiting beliefs. If you could just talk about that one a little bit.
2: Yeah, sure. I'd have to, I I had to look at it. Remember what I talk about. I I have all these ideas that I talk about. I see it now. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, so um, limiting beliefs is an interesting topic, right? It's it's one of those things where we all have beliefs in life that are limiting, and it's an interesting subject because it's difficult to trace their origin. If we're honest with ourselves, we might have limiting beliefs that I am not confident enough to do such and such. I am not attractive enough to be such and such. And you know, we've lived with those ingrained subconsciously or overtly in our lives for so long, but if we were to take a step back and we're like, where did this come from? We would probably kind of jumble the answer. Um, we might be able to come up with an answer, but it would not be very logical or intuitive. And I just think think there's a lot of power in challenging that through the question I think that I proposed here was, what if I'm wrong? What if that wasn't a limiting belief? Let's suspend disbelief for a second. I have these things that I've been living subconsciously for so long, and I've lived by their rules. What if I took a step back and was like, that is not true? That is not true. What would that change? Well, it would probably change a lot of things, right? namely oh, your ability to go out and pursue the thing that was limited by the belief in the first place. And that's a pretty powerful perspective, right? Just trying to put yourself in a headspace where that thing doesn't exist. And then also, like, I find a lot of like, people, you know, bemoan comparing yourself to other people a lot. and And I think that's well served. I think a lot of times we put ourselves in a corner because we compare ourselves so much to other people. And we say, well, I'm not them, I'm less and so on. But a lot of the time, it's like, in life, someone's someone's going to get what they want. Someone's going to get the partner they want, the money they want, the house they want, the job they want. Why? And the question I, I proposed in here was, why not you? Like, come up with definitive proof that you are not capable of getting that thing. And I think if you really be honest with yourself, you're going to struggle to actually come up with logical proof of that. You might be able to come up with a point here, a point there, but it'd probably go back to that limiting belief that we're trying to tear down here. And without that, the second question that I'm referencing, why not you becomes much more difficult to answer. So it's basically just an exercise in challenging yourself, challenging your conditioning, challenging your assumptions, challenging your limiting beliefs by just trying a different way. I mean, all I do is really just come up with questions that you can ask yourself in the same way that a therapist might sit you down and just try to poke holes in something until you come to a realization. Um, I find those two questions. What if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? And why not you? I, I found that they're, they're pretty powerful.
1: Do you, do you think, do you think, um, that, that we may even hide behind that a little bit, uh, use it as an excuse somewhat, sometimes maybe.
2: I would say almost a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> I think yeah, really? It's the, yeah. Huh? It's the ultimate excuse. It's comfortable. It's what, you know, when you don't try, you can't get hurt. When you lean on a limiting belief, you say, well, that's why I can't do it. Why would I even bother trying? So, yeah, I mean, uh, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Thank you.
2: Of course.
1: Day 18. I really love this one. (laughs) Day 18 is you are self-made. So this it's all along. I mean, this this book is just fantastic. I I I, it's much more than I thought It, it um when I first bought it I wasn't sure, but it it has really, um I think been super fantastic. And you're right, just straight to the point and no BS. I really love your style. Um, But yeah, day 18, you are self-made. Yeah.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. It does mean a lot. Yeah. The whole, the whole self-made thing. um, I just like, I, I hear a lot of people talk about their past. And of course we all have a interesting relationship with our past. Some people gravitate towards my past taught me this. My past taught me that that's how I kind of tend to look at it. But then we have people who are also, you know, in their own right, they see their past as something that molded them into the person they are without their consent, right? (laughs) Something happened to them that made them the way that they are, an upbringing that made them the way that they are. And of course, it's a totally valid perspective, right? The saying is, we're all victims of victims, right? These are things that we had no saying in the matter. But I I think the words we use are really important, like we say things might like my past shaped me when I think about that. And I'm assuming that's what I wrote about in here. I think that the word (laughs) shaped just it, it infers a, a certain passiveness that I really don't like. And that I think is, is a disservice to ourselves. When we say my past shaped me, that's them saying, I had no say in the matter. This is who I am today. And it's because of that. It's because of that thing. And again, certainly we're all victims of victims and we did not have a say in that, especially in upbringing and, and and so on and so forth. But I like the word taught me as a means just through vernacular of taking our power back. My past didn't shape me. It taught me. And here's what it taught me. And here's what I'm taking away from it. Me, not them, not that event, not that thing that happened to me. Here's what I am deciding. And this is why I am self-made. I'm not shaped by them, by their imperfection, by whatever happened I'm taking my power back through a sense of activeness and saying my past shaped me by saying by saying but not my past shaped me my past taught me and here's what it taught me so it's literally just a, a reframing of of words and then in that same vein maybe a, a look in the mirror and a reassessment of your past you know I would never encourage someone to be like, no, you're not a victim. Like everyone is right in their own way that they see themselves, but maybe in a process like that, they can move themselves from a a victim mindset to a more empowered mindset from one of, here's what that taught me. The person who hurt me helped me. Here's what they taught me, not shaped me, but here's how I'm taking back control, at least from an emotional standpoint through that lesson. So, yeah, I like that chapter. I I think I did, um, a full episode on this one as well. Um, But again, it's the power of words. I mean, obviously, I'm a a writer. I I have an interesting relationship with words, but I think um, we could all benefit from choosing them um, in a more compassionate way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was really nicely said, too. Um, Yeah, so perspective. Perspective on it. It's... um, Yeah, I really enjoyed that chapter. I enjoyed that chapter. Thank you. Anybody have any questions at the moment? Okay, go ahead, Sally.
3: Okay. Um interesting you should bring all this up. Um I uh I I, I I'm I have changed quite a bit lately. And um it's because of the Buddhist perspective um that I have learned and I have learned that um it works for me. And, um, you know, I do things and try it out and whatever. And, uh, but the one thing that it hasn't really, um, because it's helped me in many ways, but the big major thing of my whole entire life is um, I, um, let's see, I don't have, oh, I want to say good self concept or that kind of thing. That I think that I am less than and blah, blah. Well, I have been able to do a lot of things that kind of hit next to that. But for some reason or other, I thought that particular big thing um, didn't have anything to do with the way they're talking, you know, and basically how they talk or how I've learned it is all of my conditioned thinking um, is really and truly. Just that conditioned thinking, and I have to learn to think differently um, if I want to be me. And um, so, uh, but I, I kind of ignored this one little part. So I've had kind of like three downfalls since I finally took this on. Um, and they've all been about uh, um, uh, guilt and shame, you know, I'm not good enough. And so I have just, it's been like four days since someone presented to me. That's not any different than anything else that I have dealt with. You know, it's just another like you say. It's really another word. Well, I never thought of it that way. You know, to me, that it was some big, huge thing that was out and out and beyond all of the other. You know, and uh, so since that day, which is four days ago. Um, I'm kind of on your wavelength but um uh, uh you know i i, I kind of reached a good place about three months ago or two months ago and i've had three um times when i kind of went downhill again and they, they it's been all over shame you know that shame somehow it started and uh no I don't always know how it starts or what the words are that someone said or what I said to myself and all that so I'm really into words too or trying to be and so I I'm open to do anything you can do there and, and I'm already doing it but you know you know it's um it's a big thing because it's been on my it's been a part of my life for so long and i'm old so i've had a long life so you know it's been a part of my life for a long time
2: so yeah yeah well thank you for sharing that i mean i think yeah i mean i i I think we underestimate the power of words and i think sometimes we underestimate the processes in life whether that's a healing process or a journey to some kind of um you know recognition or forgiveness, like we think it's very simple and streamlined and there's no triggering and there's no going back. I mean, certainly I I, I'm younger and I don't have that perspective, but I I think there's a lot of power while, you know, journeying the ups and downs and healing and then going back and regressing and going forward. The I mean, the stories we tell ourselves with the words we use are, are everything. I mean, the whole genesis of this book and this concept was around the stories we tell ourselves we, if we all say right now, think of a yellow car, we're all gonna think of a yellow car, and it's it's done. It's a done deal. It's the same thing when we're looking for an outcome, whether that's a healing outcome or a forgiveness outcome or, or some kind of challenging conditioning outcome. It's like, what are the story that we're telling ourselves? Are we saying, are we constantly telling ourselves that there is no positive outcome? That shame is too much to overcome. That guilt is too much to overcome, and you know, it's uh, one of those things that I think takes a lot of training and suspending of of judgment, particularly not in the in the Buddhist terms, but there's a a Greek philosophical term called epoche, which basically means the uh, sus- suspending judgment. So in the instances where we're very quick to guilt ourselves or shame ourselves or go back to a mindset that we thought we had outgrown, we love to react very quickly but the the idea of epoche means before we have any opinion before we have any opinion about ourselves or others we suspend judgment we suspend judgment and through that process uh hopefully find something more redeeming and, I, and it's such a practical thing it's like think before you speak think before you think but as humans we're not wired that way like especially at the longer you live life and the more that you've wired yourself to think a certain way it's like, it just becomes robot mode. We become opinion robots. And the idea of epike is to get us just to pause before we guilt ourselves further, shame ourselves further, assume the same things we've always assumed. So, you know, Buddhism, you know, the ancient Greek philosophers, Seneca, whoever you're referencing in life, I think it all comes down to that idea of, you know, a semblance of compassionate self-control. and And I think the words we use can very much help with that. And I did that episode the other day and like, now in stressful times in life or points where i'm triggered i literally say to myself "epic," okay. just that that becomes my knee-jerk reaction and i don't know i don't know if that's helpful but talking about words that's sure. that's one yeah. that
1: uh-huh. mantra you got a new mantra <laughs> got a new <laughs> mantra no, yeah uh, yeah so that that is pretty powerful then that 18 if i mean because uh sally works uh Works a lot on herself, and um, I'm glad that that there was something to that. Um, I really like that a lot myself. It may it it may it it clicked something with me as also, uh, and it 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 really is fantastic there. Thank you, Sally. Thank you so much for sharing. Anybody else have anything at the moment?
0: Go ahead, Kim. Hi, Case. It's nice to meet you. Um, I think that you were born when I graduated high school. I can't believe that. Um, (laughs) But I'm so glad that there are souls like you that are walking the earth because I was also late to the party as far as uh, your podcast, but I've been listening to it, you know, and I did see that episode you're talking about. I have a question about one of your episodes where you're talking about um, how how did you put it with like the male and female and how uh, males don't tend to take on their female um, essence and females don't take on the male essence. Um, I guess I just wanted to hear more of that. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I did an episode on, uh, you know, male it's like and- energy. Yeah. Male, male and masculine and feminine energy. Um yep. was the idea. And it's not an origination with me. These are terms that are thrown around a lot, especially nowadays. Gen Z millennials, especially on social media, love to talk about masculine energy and feminine energy. And um, you know, it's something that everyone talks about. I, I figured I would throw my hat in the ring. And, you know, it was basically just an acknowledgement for one that those terms are just constructs that we've created, those are just words. Um, you know, for someone to, to say this is right or that is right. Like, I, don't, I don't know. All I know that in, in my life with the people that I surround myself with and the person that I try to be as the straight man is the best version of me is one that is not just masculine. If we're borrowing from the the adjectives that are associated with masculinity and feminine and you know feminine energy, like the best version of myself, the best version of my friends are those that are balanced. That mm-hmm. is a balance between you know a masculine energy of confidence, control, assertiveness, but also with a feminine energy of sensitivity and kindness and warmth. Right? For instance, if we're just going mm-hmm. to the stereotype ends, so that was basically just the the episode of encouraging people to find balance because we just think people nowadays think so binary you're either right or you're wrong, you're right. Either this or you're that. And I just like, life cannot possibly be that simple. And I'm sure you could all attest to that. There are times where it's just not true. And um, I don't know. I just like, there's so much content on social media about, you know, men need to be this and women need to be this. And here's the role right. that a woman needs to be and a man needs to be this. And I just, I just think it's a little silly to be honest, that the, the best version of all of us, is found in the balance between the two to say that you're not attractive or worthy. If you are a woman with masculine energy or a man with feminine energy, I think it's just bananas. And I was just trying to combat that a little bit. Uh,
0: my other question is what happened case? Did you get dumped or something? Where did all this wonderful understanding come from? You know, that's <laughs>
2: that's what everyone asked me. Everyone's like, who hurt you? Uh, <laughs>
0: it screams in the podcast i'm like who hurt this man
2: i know i I, and to be honest i wish i had like a better story where i could be like i was like devastated and this thing happened i don't have that story like i did i did start the podcast when i was 28 29 after a breakup but it wasn't like a crazy thing it was one of those relationships that needed to end i was like thank god this is over i just didn't have the the you know confidence to end it um Mm -hmm. So no, I don't, I I just have always found myself to be a self-aware person and I think I think the talent that I've been giving given as weird as it sounds is like my talent is simplifying things and simplifying it in an empathetic way. Like I think that's my talent in life. Mm-hmm. It's not on a list. I'm not a great swimmer or good with math. I'm good at simplifying emotions and you know, I I try to come from a place of empathy. And that's why I talk to as many people as I can now present crowd included. I talk to people on Instagram. i love to get other people's perspectives. And, you know, I, I find a lot of empathy in that. And it kind of becomes part of me. So when I'm talking about these things that, you know, people are like, Oh, there's pain in your voice. And it's like, well, it's not really my pain. It's just an empathy towards people who have been through these things. And then I'm trying to apply my skill towards it. (laughs) So it's a great question. Um, but I I think it's just kind of the way that I've been wired and, you know, I've lived a great privileged life so far and
0: uh, obviously thankful for that. Well, I think it's a wonderful skill that you have and I appreciate appreciate it. Well, thank you.
1: I agree with that too. I agree with that too. I I, I love your message. I love the whole be proud of yourself message and live from that intention of being proud of yourself. Um, I think that's remarkable. And, and, and I've, been trying to apply it <laughs> to 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 live with that as the intention i think it's it's very interesting thanks so much kim thanks so much kim anybody else have any questions at the moment got a couple more here case let's see sure. so uh day 34 take your own advice
2: yeah yeah, I don't even have to yeah. look at that. I know what that chapter is about. Yeah, I mean, I like that chapter a lot because I, again, my whole thing is like, I'm just in tr- encouraging people to come at their life from a different angle, a new angle, an angle that maybe challenges how they've been robot moding for so long. And, you know, the whole idea of take your own advice is if you think about your life or, you know, previous chapters of your career, whatever it may be, I think we're pretty great at giving advice to to friends. Family, maybe like we give at least we ask them good questions, maybe give them good things to consider. We might not have the answer for them, but as a good friend, we're there for them, we support them, we validate their feelings, and we say, Have you thought about this or thought about that? We're good at it, right? Um, but we suck at doing the same thing for ourselves. So it's basically just the idea of suspending judgment, at bouquet for a second, and pretending that you were giving the same advice to a friend or asking a friend if you. You switched, did a little role play, and you came to a friend or your friend came to you with the same problem that you're facing. What advice would you give them, or what advice would they give you however you want to play the play the role what, what would you say and the reason I think it's so powerful of course is is quite logical it's that we're so close to our own lives we're so ingrained in the the assumptions that we've been living for so long we're so close to it that sometimes what it takes is backing up a second to see the answer. i think if I recall. My inspiration for this episode was um um a story that I heard about a a therapy session between uh, a person and the therapist, and basically, the person said that you know he was in therapy with his uh with the therapist, and the therapist wrote something down on a piece of paper you know a couple of lines and then he he grabbed the paper and put it all the way up to the person's nose and was like, what does this say? And the person was like, I don't know. It's too close. Uh, I can't read it. And he was like, well, there you go. Sometimes you're too close to your life to see what's in front of you. Right. Simple uh, analogy. Um, but it's, it's true. It's true. Like we're so close to our own things. Sometimes what it takes is taking a step back, objectively approaching it. I think one of the good reasons, one of the reasons we can give uh, impactful advice to friends is we care about them, but we're not as close to it as they are. Can we say the same for ourselves? Can we care about ourselves? Can we observe without feeling for a second? Can we practice epic, observe, think, then feel? It's just a, a powerful way I've I've found to approach either problem solving or finding clarity or whatever it is we're we're
1: looking for. Yeah, it's that pause. It's all in that pause, isn't it? It's all yes. in that pause. Yeah, taking advice. It made me. I'm not gonna say what it made me um yeah because we are so good at. um well I think it's easier to recognize like you said it's easier to recognize when you see it in somebody else it's like it's oh crystal clear um, sometimes uh, but in, yeah. and we got it's, we are too close is is a good is a good um the way to phrase that um uh, and then that follows the next day is day 35 you're capable of so much more
2: see what i wrote for this chapter
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: yeah i mean i think this chapter was basically a, a a reflection of one learning experiences giving ourselves more credit for what we have and letting go of the things that are holding us back namely limiting beliefs or you know the weight of past decisions guilt shame whatever it is um I don't remember exactly what I said in that chapter, but I would say, you know, a lot of the time, the assumption that is in life that to be happier, for instance, being happier comes from more. It comes from better. It comes from these things. And certainly that's the case sometimes, but also happiness, contentment. That's a word fulfillment. Sometimes it comes from different. Sometimes it comes from simpler. Like what are some of the things we can get rid of? Like maybe we don't need to do more. Maybe we need to do less of something. Can we figure out what that is? Maybe that's the approach, or maybe it's doing something drastically different, a complete 180. I just find sometimes we're focused on the wrong things. We assume that to be happier is we need to do more and more and more and more. And obviously that's the case in in some scenarios, but not all of them. So what are the lessons that we've learned? How can we apply those and maybe try to seek out simpler or different for once and put down the rest? I think there's a quote that's like, you know, um, Like becoming your best self is less about becoming more and becoming your best self is about unbecoming certain aspects of yourself, right? Unbecoming the the negative aspects, letting go of these things. I don't know who said that quote, Um, but that's the idea here. Like, can you carry a lesson with you and then, you know, lessen your grip on the memory? Can you carry with, uh, you know, whatever it is that you can define as something worth moving forward and let go of the rest, different, simpler Instead of more and better, I think was probably my take there.
1: Right. Yeah. it Was it's not so much becoming; it's actually releasing. That's the, yeah. what isn't you kind of yeah. thing, right? Perfect. Which yep. is some yeah. of us takes a little bit lo- took a little bit longer, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you said for sure. Uh, and just a couple more here, um because there's the book is loaded with them, loaded with them. Um, day thirty seven is put yourself first. Uh, yeah. Our audience needs to hear that one.
2: Yeah. Imagine that. I mean, I think a lot of the times we, you know, we think it's selfish. Like, uh, I, you know, I think I do a lot of dating content, and it's like, I've always said that I think dating should at first be approached from how can this relationship help me? How can this better my life? And I think of course that should be the approach. It's kind of a, a strange approach. If your first thought when approaching dating or relationship is how can I, Help this person. Like, I think it's great to be compassionate and selfless, of course, but I think in life, there's a certain level of compassionate self centeredness that we need to embrace. I mean, it's not narcissistic, it's not selfish, it's the means to enable us to then go out and be a great partner or a great friend or make impact in the world. I think without that, you know, I think making yourself a priority for once, it teaches you a lot of different things in different areas of your life, namely. you figure out what you want, you figure out what makes you happy, you figure figure out what you can offer other people. And I just think, you know, there's something to be said about making a decision and saying, I'm going to put myself first for a little bit. And the impact that's going to have in my life is going to serve me in my relationships and in everything to come. But I just, again, I think the value here is just challenging ourselves. I think social media and the media has really made us think that, you know, saying no means we're selfish or putting ourselves first means we're narcissistic. And we, you know, we're talking a lot about words here. People love a good label. And I think younger generations, mine, Gen Z, everyone nowadays is narcissistic and and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's true. Like I think sometimes we throw those terms around without really giving them much thought. Loving yourself, saying no to someone else because it threatens your growth. That's not you know, selfish, as long as you're communicating honestly and openly, like it's the, the best thing you can do for yourself. And at a certain point in our lives, I think we should all be doing it um, whenever we can. So I, I'm assuming that's what I wrote in this chapter.
1: Uh, yeah, well, Um. yeah, there, for some reason, there has been, uh, at least in my mind, there was confusion between selfish and, and um self care, even, you know, that whole self, Thing for some reason, it, you, it was misinterpreted as being selfish. And um, that doesn't, uh, I'm here to say, it doesn't lead to a good uh, outcome <laughs> by yeah. living in that energy. Um, yeah, actually, truthfully, that's been... Um, most, of, most of the people that, that I've dealt with have been trying to come back from that because this was around the quail before social media was. And um that whole selfish, somehow we got self-love, self-care confused with self-ish. And I'm so I, I really didn't realize it was still um a, a a considerable consideration there. I didn't realize it was still like that out there. Yeah. Which is yeah, Because yeah. yep. yeah. I thought for sure the younger generations were um you know, because actually, back in you know, back in my previous generations before me, the the women were were subservient. I mean, you know, they had to be subservient. But that's the way the whole um, evolution has happened. You know, it used to be the wife would stay home, and that was all part of it. And I think it kind of might have been held over from there. But um, it seems to me the, the the younger generations had have more of a their own standards, and they're like, well, this is, you know, my like, even even having children has dropped off because people are putting them themselves first. And then, but that's interesting that it's still out there like that in full force. Does anybody else have any questions? I don't want to hog all of the time with Case. Okay, just a couple more. So you got to put yourself first, and then there's only two more. I have day 44 is turn off your brain. And listen to your soul
2: what a title god I don't the meat and potatoes up. here we're really how how I come up with these things let me take a look
1: <laughs> day 44 turn off yeah. your brain listen to your soul
2: yeah yeah Mhm. Mhm. yeah i think for this um yeah, I mean, I, I think it all, like I obviously I fall into certain themes here. I think this is a matter, again, of um, challenging ourselves, of challenging our conditioning, of asking ourselves, maybe this belief isn't true, because, I mean, generally, we could, we could probably talk all day about how we interpret our brain versus our soul, our heart, like these kinds of ethereal things. But I mean, I, there is a certain sense that your head is practical and your heart is intuition. Let's align with that. But a lot of the times we confuse the two, and we get massively wrapped up in assumptions, um, and again, negative storytelling. And you know, I think what I was encouraging people here with is turning turning your brain off for a second. Your brain is anxious. Your brain overthinks. Your brain can be irrational. Your brain is auto in comparison mode, saying, "Well, that person has this, therefore you need this. That person has the right way. You need to emulate them." What if, for a second, okay, we assume that that wasn't the case? What if you don't need that paycheck? What if you don't need that partnership? What if you don't need that house? What if you don't need that thing? What would that mean then? Well, if you took that out of the equation, well, then hopefully at that point, your heart is speaking, your intuition is speaking, the, your you know, inner child is speaking, whatever you want to refer to it. What, is, what, is, what vibe are you getting from them in that sense? Um, again, just a different way to come at the idea of challenging ourselves challenging conditioning challenging what we've told ourselves as possible challenging the truths we've borrowed from other people how many things do we believe that we haven't experienced for ourselves like i talk a lot about that particularly with this generation and gen z is a lot of the truths we operate by are truths that we have watched in movies read in books seen on social media and it's great again to be inspired by those but are those true for you one person's standard for dating might not be even close to what you need truly you might not need that but if you don't challenge it you could say no, no no i need that because they said i need it so that's mine and that's your brain thinking but what is your heart telling you so basically just encouraging people to try to draw a line between the two and asking yourself where are these truths coming from where are your expectations coming from where are your timelines coming from are they yours are they someone else's Uh, it's okay if there's someone else's, but like, what proof do you have that that's right for you? So just encouraging people to, to find a way to prove or disprove. Um, and I, I thought the analogy of your head being irrational, your heart being intuitive, let's, let's try to listen to both instead of letting, you know, namely your head override your heart or your soul.
1: Cool. Perspective again, perspective. And the last one I have is 58 gratitude. Fifty
2: eight gratitude. Yep. Uh, Well, I have no idea what I wrote there, but I will say that, you know, gratitude is one of those subjects, of course, everyone's like, oh, I got to practice gratitude. What I've discovered lately, and it's probably actually not what I wrote in here, but gratitude is one of those things where a lot of times in life, we think that to, to be grateful gratitude will come when I'm happy because then I'll have things to be grateful for, right? It's it's a logical circular loop. And we're like, once I'm happy, then I'll be grateful. Once I'm successful, then I'll be grateful. And we wrap it up in the sense of, well, I'm still working towards that thing. I'm not quite ready to be grateful because I'm not there yet. And I get that. But I think what we found and a lot of, of people have realized is that you know, gratitude sometimes is the thing that makes us happy, is the thing that makes us successful. Like we've got the order reversed. Gratitude truly is, you know, for all the cliches written about it and spoken about it, it really is like the source of the things that we want. It's the other way around. We think that happiness will give us gratitude, success will give us gratitude and so on. But really practicing gratitude as a habit is what allows us to possibly open ourselves up to being happy. So I don't know if that's what I wrote in that chapter, but that's been something I've been thinking a lot about lately when it comes to the subject of gratitude, because we could always find reasons that we're not grateful. Just one more thing, one more this, one more that, and then I'll be happy, then I'll be grateful. But it's the other way around. A lot of the times practicing like true radical gratitude in the sense of sitting down and like vulnerably actually coming up with things you're grateful for with vulnerability, you can be like, well, okay, you know, that's a, that's pretty solid. You know, I'm happy. Like that can make me happy if I practice that and lean into that. So maybe it's just like an order of operations thing that um, I'd encourage people to look at, but understand the role that gratitude can play. Gratitude isn't the final stop on the journey. It's probably one of the first and leaning into that as opposed to hoping to receive gratitude as a gift Uh, as an outcome, I think it's just a a powerful reframing.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. And, and it even has, it even, you wrote in here that it um, a year from now, five years from now, or 10 years from now, you'll regret not enjoying what you have today. Um, Just to, and and yeah, just, just be happy for whatever, for, for no reason whatsoever. Just be happy for no, no reason whatsoever. it, it is, gratitude is is the foundation there. Let's see, does anybody else have any questions before we...
0: Okay, go ahead. Hi, it's me again. How do you spell that word, Epco, ep- ep, what'd you say? Oh yeah,
2: so that's the, the warning there. I might be mispronouncing it. It's E-P-O-C-H-E with like a accent Sweet. on the E. It's Greek. Okay.
1: I love your, uh, your, um, your authenticness and your realness and what a beautiful person, wouldn't you say? And what's, what's
0: next
2: for you? Uh, a bunch of things. I'm writing another book. I'm coming out with some music. Uh, I got a game coming out in target and Walmart in a month, um, potentially moving to Miami. Just got a bunch of, a bunch of things going on here wow
1: wow well we're in florida most of actually most of us here are in florida so oh cool well, <laughs> You mess yeah. up.
2: yeah i feel like the warmth <laughs> would be good i've spent too many winters in chicago so
1: oh yeah <sighs> yeah you're not even kidding you're not even kidding does anybody else have any questions thank you so much ken okay so what a true delight Truly. Thank you. Thank you again. Um, Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share before we get to your, uh, before I share your contact information, any final thoughts?
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, I I appreciate the the platform. Truly. I love talking about this stuff and, you know, I get a lot of value out of hearing myself talk about it because it just reminds me of the things that we need to realize. I think life does funny things where we're all, we all know certain truths, but then the noise, experiences, other people's experiences, other people's noise gets in the way of us remembering it. So, anytime I can sit down and talk about it and have a dialogue is 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 one that I enjoy. So I appreciate it. Awesome, you.
1: awesome. What,
3: what's what's the game? Um, do you have any idea what it is?
2: Here, I'll show you. Here.
3: Yeah.
2: It's, uh, it's not out yet.
3: I'm proud of you. <laughs>
2: Thank you. So it, it's um.
3: Better we'll than yesterday.
2: It's called Better Than Yesterday it's um it's basically <laughs> it's got 365 challenges in it um and they're just like little cards that you know this one says no swearing for 24 hours this one says <laughs> tell a joke to a stranger you know print out a picture picture of a fond memory and put it in a picture frame basically little little actions that i have wrapped up in mindfulness that can encourage probably you know people to uh, practice mindfulness in ways that are more approachable uh, with pictures and words and jokes and, and things like that. Right. So I'm excited for right. it. Right.
1: Anything we can do to get people to think a little bit, hey?
2: That's the idea. Imagine <laughs> that.
1: Imagine everyone thinking. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. So the website is you can listen to um, New Mindset Who Dis on all streaming platforms or visit New Mindset. Who dis? that's um n-e-w-m-i-n-d-s-e-t-w-h-o-d-i-s.com new mindset com for more and latest news and information you can follow case kenny on instagram at at case.kenny and is that a dot at the end or is that a period so it's at case.kenny correct at case.kenny and we'll send out all this information in the follow-up email along with the link for replay tomorrow. Um, please visit Zenful Conversations to sign up more of these wonderful conversations where you get to ask the questions. Case, in true gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. much. I Thank it. you so much. Thank you, everyone, for coming. I appreciate you yes. coming so much. Thank you so much, and um, we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you. Thanks, ladies.